Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I am joined by Brandon Deutsch, no G. Hey Wiley, no Armani Buckets, but you know what, Brandon, we were the only ones to believe in the Los Angeles Lakers. You went on a, on a limb, I thought, after the trades were made and you stepped this as the makings of a team that could go on a run, maybe even to the Western Conference Finals, maybe even to the NBA Finals. Finals. I didn't go that far, but Brandon, they have now taken a 3-1 series lead. They are in control of the series. They are now one win away from the Western Conference semifinals. Uh, Brandon, your thoughts on the Lakers? Yeah, I mean, look, I I love that, you know, I changed my thing and yesterday when I originally said, oh, Memphis might win, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to stick to what I said a couple days ago where Lakers win both games at home. They found a way. It wasn't pretty. Uh, in fact, this series hasn't been pretty other than that first quarter for the Lakers in game uh, three, um, but in the fourth quarter of game one. But this is a team that has a has a lot of talent. You know, I still think they lack a little bit, a little moxie. They get lackadaisical a lot of times. Um, but that's that's been the norm for Lakers teams in the past. Even the finals team that won in 2020 would coast at some points, you know, and kind of take over in the second half. This is a ta- more talented team all around, top to bottom, in my opinion. Um, if they play defense and they're able to hit shots, I think D'Angelo Russell's key, right? I mean, the whole game, he was abysmal until the fourth quarter. I mean, I don't know why Ham doesn't have a, uh, a leash on him um, because it's like a short leash because if he's not contributing early on, as good as he was down the stretch, like, yeah, you can put him back in if you need scoring in the fourth quarter, but he can't defend, right? So if he's not shooting... I wanted to see Lonnie Walker. I wanted to see Mo Bamba. I think things could have gone smoother if that those adjustments were made early on. But nonetheless, they got the 3-1, right, Arash? I mean, it's hard to get to 3-1 in a series. Yeah. And by the way, with Anthony Davis having a terrible game, the cycle, right? The dominant top five player <laughs> that, that down, to, down to a terrible game. You know what that means? They could win game five now because Davis is due for a big game. They could. By the way, you, you you do have to, and we were on the text exchange, and I agreed with you at the time, you do have to give D'Angelo his flowers, though. I mean, those three consecutive three-point shots, uh, you know, Darvin Ham touched on it post-game. The Lakers don't win that game without those three consecutive threes. I mean, the the offense was stagnant. Yes, D'Angelo was struggling, perhaps a part of that. But um, listen, I, I think the confidence that Ham showed in D'Lo allowed him to break through. Again, had a big closeout to that season, to that uh, game. He fouled out, but um, yeah, three big shots by him. 
The closeout game, though, Brandon, that's always the toughest game. I will say this. When you look back at the Lakers in 2020 in the bubble in Florida, they loved the game five. Again, there was no home court advantage. But in the bubble, they closed out, I think, three consecutive series going into the finals. And again, they could have closed out the finals against the Heat in five. Um, Danny Green. Danny Green, right? He could have really (laughs) cemented himself as a Lakers legend. Uh, but was not to be a different situation, Brandon. Uh, they will, uh, you know, players have said this and coaches have said this. LeBron said it last night. The closeout game is the toughest game. Not only that, the closeout game when you have to go on a, on the road and beat a Memphis Grizzlies team that, that has been the best home team this year. That will be tough. Um, again, though, 3-1. They, 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 they seem to kind of have the... Um, what do you call it? You know, I think Dylan Brooks was feeling very good about himself and he has completely lost his way since LeBron went up to him pregame before game three, um, has not looked like himself at all. By the way, back-to-back games, not talking to the media. And yes, I'm part of the media, but come on, bro. I mean, if you're, if you're going to talk the talk after a win in game two, two consecutive poor, poor performances and you don't talk to the media. Not yeah. only not only that, Brandon, John Moran didn't talk to the media. I mean, you got to face the music. You They're gotta defeated. Talk. Yeah. They're defeated, which is why I give the Lakers a serious chance in game five. I think Memphis knows they're not winning the series either way. They've lost their swagger. They've lost their confidence. What I will say is I, I did expect, I didn't expect more, but I wanted more from Dylan Brooks because at least PBEV with all his talk, even if he has a terrible game, he still goes and talks to the media, right? Like he yeah. faces the music. He's always confident. He's always going to be PBEV, right? This like villain type where he talks smack. And even if he goes 0 for 14 from the field, he's going to be like, well, I contributed this. I played defense. I did this. Or he'll be honest with himself. Like I didn't do this. Like that. that's why I respect PBEV. I like PBEV as a person, as a player, because I think he's very honest with himself and he knows his persona and he backs it up. Brooks is just scared. He wants to be this villain. And when, you know, he doesn't do well is doesn't want to face the music. I mean, that's what you got to do when you put, when you put yourself out there as this person, right. That's going to get up a lot of hate, a lot of views. You got to be able to go and, and face the music regardless of a bad game and still show that confidence. Like, Oh yeah, I'm still the man. Yeah. I shot one for seven. We're going to win game five. Right. Yeah. Like, that's what I wanted to see from him. Like, as just as, a, as an NBA fan, like that would have been. Now it just seems like the Grizzlies don't think they can win Game Five, yeah. and it's kind of wild. But look, I, it's, this is one of those things where I'm a little nervous about Game Five. I don't expect us to win. I think we have a good shot. I'm not like expecting a full-on win because remember, LeBron it was exhausted, and yeah. they play that they they travel, and that gets a 4:30 game, so it's basically a day and a half. Yeah. Before they before they play again in Memphis, I really think they should have given the Lakers another day. Uh, but again, can't complain. I'm sure Clippers fans would be <laughs> would be like, you know, we deserved a couple of more days as well. Not that it would have changed anything on the injury report, but look, they're in a good position, Arash. I think that you know we said it; uh, it'd be a successful season if they won one series. If they got and they're it looks like they're going to get it. So I mean, that, to me, then they're playing with house money. I don't expect them to beat the Warriors if they play them. I would love it. Don't expect it. Um, I mean, the Warriors just won a championship, right? Yeah. You let the Warriors win the series against Sacramento, it's going to be very hard. But again, I guess it's a good thing Lakers are six and zero, seven and zero against the Warriors this year. So I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll see, but uh, it's looking good. It's looking good. 
Yeah, I mean, I, the, the most amazing thing about this is, aside from the talent, again, when the Lakers made the moves that they made, you liked every one of these moves. Now, some of them didn't move the needle as much as the other ones. Again, LeBron wanted Kyrie. And LeBron was so upset that the Lakers didn't get Kyrie, he sat down with Michael Wilbon. And whenever LeBron does that, it's for a reason. It was basically to say, hey, listen, I thought we had Kyrie. It didn't happen. Um, a blessing in disguise. I mean, I, I you probably saw this. Post-game, LeBron comes back into the locker room. First ever 2020 game of his career, which is really amazing when you think about it, Brandon. I mean, 20 seasons he's played, and this, in year 20, is his first ever 20-rebound game. So his first 2020 game, yeah. he comes back into the locker room, and the entire locker room is doing the goat chant or the, you know, the noise that a goat would make, the greatest of all time. And he goes around the locker room and daps up every one of his teammates. This is something that simply did not exist before the trade deadline. It did not exist a year ago. The camaraderie and the, and the chemistry that this team has, which is why I said even before the series began, if this team gets booted in the first round, don't break this team up. I like what I've seen. Again, small sample size, 23 games, but... During that stretch, top five defense, one of the best teams in the league, best team in the West in terms of the wins and losses, tie for first or second in the entire league. Like, keep this team together. And then not only have they shown that through, again, 3-1 series uh, lead, one game away. Big picture, Brandon. I mean, we'll see how this all plays out. We'll see if they advance and all that good stuff. But... They have now a team. They, they, they made a mistake a few years ago, right? They had a championship team. They took a sledgehammer to it, traded Kuzma, traded KCP, traded Montrez Harrell, let Caruso walk. I mean, they broke up a championship team because they lost to the Suns because they were hurt in a, in, in a, they had no offseason. They have a team again now. They have a team. Yeah, and I think, look, a big thing is, is we have that stat, right? Like, Westbrook wasn't a star last year, but LeBron's never missed the finals with a healthy star, right? So, I mean, yeah. that's still still in effect. It's kind of crazy if Davis can stay healthy, although he hasn't looked like a star half the time. Um, but his defense has remained consistent. He's still so elite defensively, right? I mean, Arash, that's the big thing about Davis and what he does for this team, even if he's not hitting shots is his defense is able to really be the the catalyst and in, in the cornerstone of one of the best defenses in basketball in recent memory right like yeah. over the past couple of months i mean i know they've looked lackadaisical at times but when they want to when the game gets close down the wire the lakers are a very hard team to beat because their defense shores up and they're able to switch and even with d'angelo russell out there they were able to play good enough defense on on john morant so uh, I think what what needs to happen um, in Game 5 is they just need to play defense. They're not going to be as crisp as they were in Game 1 or Game 3. I just think it's going to be more of what we saw yesterday in Game 5. It's going to be bad basketball from both sides. What they're going to have to do is play defense. So Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's one of those things that when you – Look at this. They now have three chances, right? They now have three chances. Well, yeah, so game five, if it doesn't happen in game five, they have game six. And you know, what you don't want to have happen is a game seven situation where, you know, it's like, ooh, man, uh, you don't, you don't want to 
have to go to Memphis again. You stole your one game in Memphis. Again, tough place to play. Grizzlies with the best record at home this year. You don't want to have to have a situation where you um, have to win there twice. So again, did they have their opportunity to close out in game five? If not, the atmosphere at crypto, I think it'll be a Friday night game. I think that it's just going to be off the charts. It's going to be amazing. So we'll see if that happens. Uh, Brandon, uh, Clippers, Clippers, Suns, uh, Kawhi, Paul George, they are out. Uh, at practice, uh, the reporting tribunals, Mark Medina talked to Ty Lu. He said, listen, there's always a chance. We all knew that Kawhi and Paul George were not going to play. The, the team confirmed that yesterday. Um, Listen, it's it's it, the most frustrating thing, and we'll talk to Grant Mona about this in the next segment. But you know, like as a Clippers fan, you're fine with load management if these two guys are healthy come the playoffs. It has got to be incredibly frustrating that these guys did load management this entire season, especially Kawhi, obviously, and they were very you know they 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 weren't. We we both predicted them to come. Um, out of the West, win the championship. But then do load management this entire season. And both of these guys, both Kawhi and Paul George, are out in the most important game of the season, a closeout game. That's extremely frustrating. Well, not only that, I mean, they're giving themselves basically a zero chance to win this game. Like, I would be shocked if the Clippers, not a zero, because, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an extremist. It's like 100% or 0% for me a lot of the time. But legitimately, I'm giving the Clippers a 5% chance to win this game tonight. Um, and I think that 5% chance is contingent upon Russell Westbrook's stardom that we've witnessed over the past couple of games. He's been great. He's kept them in the game. But again, why did they lose that last game? Well, they're never going to be able to stop Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. They're each going to get 30, probably. What they can do is limit Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton and the role players, which they've done a decent job at. And what they need is Norman Powell to have an outburst, right? Like last game, Russ was great, but Norman Powell wasn't as good as he was the game previous where they had a real chance to win. Now, I think Plumlee playing more minutes, Marcus Morris playing less minutes is, um, you know, then you give yourself maybe a 10% chance. But we all know Tyler's going to play Marcus Morris 25 plus minutes tonight, right? So it's just, it's going to be hard for the Clippers to win this game in this series. And I just think Clippers fans are fed up. We're going to talk to Grant Mona in sec two about this. And it's just like, nothing is going to change. They're going to run the same team back. Maybe a few uh, pieces besides Russ. They can't keep Russ, obviously, with their cap uh, restrictions. They're paying Kawhi and, and George $45 million each. Marcus Morris is getting paid $17 million. Batum, Rocco each $11 million. Like the base of this team, Norm Powell is going to pay $18 million around. So the base of this team is coming back. Um, and I think Clippers fans really want to change. They want to rebuild or something, you know, at least trade George or one of the break it up. They want it new because it seems like they are getting promised something every year and it never, it never um, comes to fruition. Yeah. Them going Right. So, I mean, to, to me, nothing's going to change. And I think the Clippers are going to lose a lot of fans over this next year because it sucks, but you keep promising stuff. It seems like it, it's like uh, it's like fraud in 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 <laughs> finance, right? Like you're promising all this money. It's like a Ponzi scheme. Okay, we're gonna. Pro I mean, I hate to say it. I, I really want the Clippers to succeed, but it's like, yo, we're gonna promise Kawhi and George are healthy for the playoffs. We're gonna go win a championship or two in this tenure, 
and it's a fraud. They always get hurt. Something always happens, right? So yeah, I mean, it sucks. That's that's the frustrating thing. And Grant can touch on this firsthand. But like, you know, when when you put your confidence in a team and and they continually disappoint you the way that the Clippers have, um, and again, you, you can't do anything about guys getting hurt. But I mean, um, and when I was on the Clippers beat, I, I really tried hard not to harp on the Clippers curse because it's, you know, I mean, what, what the heck is a curse? But at, at the same time, you know, so this year you lose Kawhi and Paul George in the first round. Now, you, you, you knew Paul George was going to be out for the first round, but Kawhi, playoff Kawhi. It's all good. You, 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 you get a glimpse of playoff Kawhi in game two. Apparently at the end of game one, he gets hurt. He powers through it and really has an amazing performance in game two in a game the Clippers could have won. And then out of nowhere, out of the clear blue sky, around 12.30, 12.45, right after shoot-around, the Clippers find out that Kawhi is out. And... Not only is he out for one game, Brandon. I mean, I will we'll find out when when the season is done, the extent of his injury. It was very clear from the demeanor of Ty Lu. It was very clear the fact that he was going to be sidelined for game three. He was going to be out for the series, and and what that means in terms of when he can come back. But there was no chance when he missed game three. There was no chance he was going to be playing in game four, five, six. Or maybe seven again. So um, the frustrating thing as a Clippers fan, you touched on it. At what point do you just say like this? This this isn't worth it. I don't want to cheer for this team anymore. Like it's getting to the point where if they don't change, and it, it's I'm never having confidence in them again. I'm never picking up because something's going to happen every year. It seems like it's getting to the point. Like how many fans are actually going to show up to the Intuit Dome? You know what I'm saying? Like, like to me, it's a it's a losing money business by Bomber, and he doesn't care. Of course, he has so much money. It's he's basically just a diehard Clippers fan, probably the biggest Clippers <laughs> fan in the world. But at this point, how many fans are actually going to go and show up to Intuitome and get excited about this team? Because realistically, you can say what you want about the Lakers uh, disappointing over the past couple of years. They won a championship and they're on the brink of getting to the second round, right? I mean, so they've done something. They've done something for their fans. I know it's it's usually championship or bust with the Lakers, but at least they've they've given the fans some hope for the future. You know what I mean? Like yeah. for the for the Clippers, they've given no hope. It seems every year something goes wrong, right? So to me, if I'm a Clippers fan, I'm not going to go pay all that money for season tickets at Intuit Dome. I'm not going to go waste my time and money to see a foregone conclusion of someone getting pulled and hurt in the playoffs. I'm sorry, you know. Yeah. That's what it's gone. It's come to. I mean, th- that's the thing about it. They're opening up this br- beautiful, brand new, two billion dollar into a dome across the street from SoFi Stadium, and you know the, the the hope was and still is that when you when they finally open the door, that you got these two superstars, you got these two amazing talents, Kawhi and Paul George, and. Listen, Clipper fans will will, will 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 flock and they will pack that place. But Brandon, you're right. And uh, again, like we we mentioned, we'll talk to Grant about it. But like, if you're a Clippers fan, Brandon, like, why is, why in the world would you waste your time, your money, your passion on this team? 
I mean, it's the same thing like the, being an Angels fan, right? Like to yeah. me, I, I'm I'm getting to the point where I might not be a fan of any team. It's getting to that point <laughs> how 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 awful the Angels are and how they screw every little thing up. It reminds me of the Clippers. Promises of dominance with Otani and Trout. They never do anything. Uh, they're not going to do anything again. I mean, they lost to the A's. They lost to the Royals. I mean, this this team's terrible. That's what it kind of feels like for the Clippers. At least the Clippers have an owner dedicated to winning. The Angels don't, right? So that's like a big difference. But it seems like both of those can be um, considered uh, jokes of an organization. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's really the frustrating thing about the Clippers is that year in and year out, this is what you deal with. You deal with a team that is going to disappoint you, that's going to break your heart, that you're going to have all this confidence in the world. I mean, think about where, where this season began with the Clippers, where they were co-favorites to win the championship. And think about how this season played out, where they were basically a 500 team, a below 500 team against teams that were 500. When they played a good team, they generally lost this season. That's what happened this season. And then you get into the postseason and you're supposed to be excited. This is, this is why you, you do the load management. This is why you do all those things. And what happens? Paul George is out. Then Kawhi is out. You, it's not like you're losing the 12th man, right? You're losing Kawhi Leonard and Paul George for the series. That's frustrating. And... That's why we're going to talk to Grant Mona. Mona. So let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by Grant Mona when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. Let's head out now to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline and join our good friend Grant Mona. Grant, how are you? Uh, you know, I'm okay. It's uh, It's been a rough week since I've last been on the show. Uh, when I was on the show last week, there was hope and optimism, and now all there is is burning, crashing, just nothingness. I don't know what's going on. But, hey, the Lakers look like <laughs> again. They look awesome. Yeah. So at least at least LA has that for basketball. At least we have one thing going for us. What's that? Sh- what's that song, Brandon? About a week ago. So much <laughs> has changed in a week that. Uh, okay, listen, uh, Grant. I I I covered the Clippers when they had Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, and I remember after it might have been after the Houston series. I I just threw up my hands after the season was over. I went to 
Bristol, Connecticut. I talked to my bosses and I said, I, I, I can't do this with this team anymore. I mean, you know, when, when you have, when you're on a beat, you're not a fan of a team, but you, you kind of are invested in the team. You, you get to know the players and the coaches and the staff, and you really want them to do well. And then listen, uh, you know, quite frankly, professionally, you want to do well. You know, if, if, you're, if you're covering a team that goes to the finals, you get to go to the finals. It means more TV hits, more talk shows, all that good stuff. And I said every year, and I don't believe in curses, and I really made it a point not to ever use that term, but the only time that I did was in that series. I said, I don't know what to do. It's either Chris gets hurt or Blake gets hurt or Chris and Blake get hurt or they're healthy and they just blow a 3-1 series lead. I can't do this anymore. Um, and then so they took took me off the beat and I was start, started to cover something else. You are a fan of this team and uh, Brandon and I are not. However, we did pick the Clippers to win it all before the season. I just, when you, when you looked at this team on paper and quite frankly, when you've seen them healthy this season, they really did look like the best team, but Kawhi and Paul George you know, have not generally been healthy at the same time. But worse yet, you kind of do the load management. You do all these things so you get playoff Kawhi. And we saw a glimpse of that, Grant. We saw game one. This is playoff Kawhi. This is, as Brandon touched on and so many people have said, you know, maybe the closest things we've we've seen to Jordan in terms of a complete player. We, we, we saw a little bit of that in game two, but it didn't seem like he was quite himself. And now we know why he got hurt in game one, powered through game two. And when we found out, Graham, that he would be out for game three, I just had that feeling and you could sense it. And the way Ty Lue's demeanor was, this wasn't a one game thing. He was going to be out for the series and we'll find out the extent, to be honest, of both Kawhi and Paul George. You know, like if if they found a way to advance, I mean, I, I don't know when they're going to see Kawhi again. I don't know when they're going to see Paul George again. But at the very least, they're they're not playing tonight in Game Five. Just encapsulate encapsulate what it's like to be a Clippers fan when you have two of the greatest players on the planet, but they're just not healthy. Um, just it, it's disappointment yet again. This is year four of the Kawhi and Paul George experiment, I guess you could say. The era, I guess you could say. Um, and they all they have to show for it is now just a Western Conference Finals appearance. Um, and even then, they didn't have Kawhi Leonard, so it was just Paul George in that run. And you know, I, I said this on our pod is that. You know, even going back, like you said, to the Lob City era, they've always had multiple stars to where you would look at it on paper and say, okay, well, well, this team can compete for a championship if they're healthy. And before the, any of those guys got to, to the Clippers, they were healthy players, except, you know, Kawhi had that 2017, 2018 year where, you know, he had that degen degenerative knee issue and he was out for the entire entirety of the year. But if you look at Paul George, after he broke his leg, he played in a majority of the games. But as soon as he gets to the Clippers, he has a majority of of games missed just because of injury. And like you said, Arash, you know, this year, just this year, they were, I believe, 24 and 14 with both of those guys playing. So it's not like they were bad when they were healthy. They're actually a pretty darn good team. And you saw it in game one, like even with just Kawhi and Russell Westbrook, they were a pretty darn good team and a team that I thought could be, you know, beat the Suns in probably six or seven games. Now they find themselves down 3-1 after another case of this injury bug. And at this point, as a Clipper fan, I have nothing else to say. I mean, 
what what can you say? I mean, going into next year, if you run it back next year, let's just say you run it back next year again, what do the Clipper fans have to look forward to? Why would you ever get optimistic, hopeful about the Clippers with this core again? Because this year was supposed to be the biggest year in franchise history. People buying season tickets like no other. People going to many games. People having that that patience, you know, when it comes to those two with their injuries. Okay, we'll be fine in the playoffs. We'll be fine. We're load managing for a reason. And all for it to come crashing down when it matters the most. So if I'm a fan going into next year as a Clipper fan, what do I have to look forward to? Sure, you're going to win some games in the regular season, but the inevitability remains the same. Those guys would probably get hurt again. Like, I, I was trying to put, like you said, Arash, I was trying to put away the curse talk for, for another day or for another time. But you have to really take a look at what's going on here. There has to be some type of curse. They need to bring a witch doctor in, bring some sage in there, something. I mean, I, I, I'm assuming moving to the new arena would help. Maybe. I don't know. That's just how the basketball gods work sometimes. But at this point, you have to really take a look at that franchise being cursed. Something about that franchise, just something happens every time something looks optimistic. I tried to be optimistic. I tried. I was negative a lot, but I tried going into the playoffs and nothing happened. It, it, the same thing happened. I, it, For a lot of fans, I'll, I'll just say this is the last thing. For a lot of fans, this may be the last straw of them put investing time and money and, and effort into this team just for them to do it again. Let me get both of your guys' thoughts on this. Um, Steve Ballmer was recently asked if he ever thought about changing the name of the Clippers. He actually did. He actually did admit that that was something that not only did he think about, he hired a firm, like they did some research. And the big thing that they came back with is that Clippers fans loved the name. And I thought, well, of course, Clippers fans love the name. You know, they're, they're Clippers fans. I've always thought that there's something about that name that's cursed like the clippers name came from san diego they because of the cl the clipper ships that are docked in san diego so it is a it is a san diego team name uh of course they were the buffalo braves they moved from buffalo to san diego when they moved to san diego they changed the name to the clippers now Donald Sterling buys a team, moves them to los angeles they kept the name uh probably didn't want to pay for the uh, name change um my thought has always been there's there's just something again they say clipper curse clipper gonna clip things like that and again low hanging fruit I don't usually engage in that however when you go through a number of trying times like this and you're about to go into a brand new two billion dollar Intuit dome why not align that with a team name change again totally rebrand re this thing. Pick a name that is that that is to the heart of Los Angeles. Because the one thing that, that we can finally do when they move into this two billion dollar dome, and it's still amazing that people, you know, think that this is a, a thought of bomber. They're they're not moving anywhere for for the next a hundred years, fifty years, or whatever. I mean, they're moving into the nicest arena on the planet. Steve Ballmer is going to make sure that it's the nicest arena on the planet. They're, they're not moving there to move the team to Seattle. I promise you that. Okay, so they're going to be here. Grant, I'm going to start with you first because, again, Ballmer said it was something that he thought about. Again, he lives in Seattle. He's from Seattle. Um, so, it, I mean, he was just genuinely curious if this can help. 
I think if your response is no because Clippers fans like the name Clippers, that that uh, that is, I, I get that. I think as a whole, it would help. Grant, your thoughts first. I think what they need to do, this is something that the, the Clippers organization needs to do. They need to take a gauge from what the fans actually want as opposed to what they think they want. Because a lot of fans hate the logo. They hate the jerseys. They When they, when Steve Ballmer came in, he revamped that logo too. He tried to make it different from, from the old era. And it was horrible. And it's still not a good logo. And it, that jerseys are still not good. And, and the branding around it is still not that good. They have to, ch I mean, it, you're right, Arash, like going into this new arena, this new era, this new feel of Clippers basketball, you have to change something. I mean, Clipper fans don't care about the name. I'll tell you this right now. I am a Clipper fan. I do not care about the name. I care about the team that's on the court and who wins. I don't care if they're called the Sea Dragons. Call them something else, and if it works on the court, I do not care what it looks like. And that's probably the sentiment. I can probably share that sentiment with a lot of Clipper fans, and especially deep-rooted Clipper fans that don't really care what the name of the team is. They just want a good product on the court and guys to stay healthy. So, you know, him saying that Clipper fans love the name, I don't know where he got that from because <laughs> at this point, you you got to just – you got to do something. You got to change the logo, change the uniforms, change the colors going into that new arena. It's a fresh new look. You got to change something, in my opinion. I don't care what the logo, what the what the name is. Change it. We need change. Change is good. I agree. I agree, and I, I I'd go further to say like it doesn't like the curse, whatever you want to call it. It's there's a cognitive thing like when people think about the Clippers and when players play for the Clippers. It just it doesn't feel right, if that makes sense. It doesn't feel like winning, and it never will until the team changes its name. I feel like they need a, a new start. Um, I, obviously, the new stadium, uh, the rebranding. I mean, the, the jerseys are terrible. I mean, they look like you could pay $5 to make those jerseys. I mean, I, that's never good. Um, I, there, there's a lot that needs to happen, and at this point, I think – Jerry West, Lawrence Frank, um, and I know Jerry West might be out soon. Uh, I think he's getting tired of the organization. Um, oh, he's Steve old. I, mean, I am so happy to see him. He looks amazing. He sounds amazing. But Jerry deserves a, you know, he hates retirement. You guys have seen the show. But, like, yeah, Jerry, Jerry deserves some time off. He doesn't deserve the failure he's seen from this organization. It's not his fault. I mean, he put together a pretty good roster with Lawrence Frank. Um over the past few years. But what needs to happen is there needs to be conversations about moving forward into this new stadium with possibly a new face of a new franchise. It can be a Los Angeles team, but I think the Clippers have this notion that it's going to be hard for them to ever get fans. It's going to be hard for the team to win a lot with that name, with that asterisk, as, as you may call it. I think a new team name, a new brand, and maybe a new player, a new face of the organization is important moving forward. None of that's going to happen, though. Let's be real. He's going to keep the Clippers name. He's going to be bomber. He's going to have Kawhi and George, even if they have one leg left going into that stadium at Intuit Dome. You know, I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. Nothing's going to change. And I think that's what frustrates Clippers fans most. And uh, let me let me ask you guys something, because this is something that's been on my mind. You guys are Laker fans in a Laker town. When you guys hear that guy is a Clipper it's usually met with jokes and and memes and and stuff like that. When you hear he's a Laker, you think, oh, greatness, winning, like 
tradition when you hear he's a clipper oh paul george is a clipper you think oh what a joke like well this guy chokes in the playoffs that's got to change that has to change i know they're trying to change that tide but what are your guys like like what is your thought of when you hear oh he's a clipper because i'm assuming it's nothing good not good not good uh However, it's a joke. It's like, oh yeah, he'd fit right in on the Clippers. And I hate to say it, I want the Clippers to be good. Like, you know me, Grant. Like I like the Clippers. I root for them. Um, I, not as obviously my main team, but I like to see them succeed. I'm not one of those Laker fans that, for whatever reason, hates the Clippers. Maybe because they've beaten us head to head like 40 times in a row. But I'm not threatened by the Clippers. I mean, to me, it's like even if they win a championship somehow, does that change anything? I mean, they maybe get five fans if that happens. Like, I hate to say it. I mean, like, to me, it's like the Chargers, what the Chargers are doing right now. Maybe the Chargers have a little more upside because both of the teams just moved. Um, but, I mean, the Clippers, I, this is an easy a name change. It's just a joke. Everything surrounding that name is a joke, in my opinion. A, a potential name change for uh, the Clippers, Brandon, that I know you'd like. Uh, the Guangdong uh, Tigers, uh, the Los Angeles Guangdong Tigers. <laughs> they already have a few of, few of the players <laughs> for next year's team That's for two it. years. Well, uh, Marcus Morris going to accept that player, that player option next year, that $17 is, million. That is Brandon's favorite. If you just want to, if he's having a bad day, just go up and say Guangdong Tigers. <laughs> well, now, now somebody now someone's saying that about Dylan Brooks. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Lake Show Yo posted, uh, you know, obviously didn't give a Roth credit, so uh, it's yeah. not good we're shouting what out Lake heck? Show Yo. But, yeah, I, what's I wrong with that? Hey, Grant, real, real quick. So I had it out with Clutch, <laughs> clutch Points because they just stole my video. I'm like, come on, guys. You got to give me some love. I saw they gave yeah. you some credit, though, after. after. They, they they did. Listen, like, everyone's good about that. I mean, if you call them out, they'll say, oh, I'm sorry, you know, but – we're all in the content game together. You know, you got the Baller Sports Dialogue podcast. You guys are putting out great content. So we're all in the content game together. Uh, Grant, you touched on it. You, we, we appreciate you giving the Lakers their flowers, my friend. 3-1 series lead. Um, Brandon was kind of like the first one to say, hey, listen, not only do I like the moves that they made, I think this team could go to the Western Conference Finals, perhaps go to the Finals. Um, by, by the way, guys, we, we didn't even touch on this, Brandon. Uh, we were kind of thinking, oh, the Milwaukee Bucks are going to be tough to beat. I mean, like, they are one game away from being out. Uh, forget Western Conference Finals, baby. Let, let's have that parade down Figueroa. Grant, uh, thoughts on the Lakers? Again, the closeout game is always the toughest game. Thoughts on the way that they are playing right now? Yeah, I mean, they're playing excellent basketball, I think the best of the year. And even through that stretch of, of the regular season where they're playing amazing basketball, you know, me and Brandon both said on the pod that they would win game three and game four, and they did just that. I knew that game four was not going to be as easy as game three, um, especially with Memphis being on the brink. Um, but, you know, I, I always predicted that they would win game three and four. They play awesome at home. They looked awesome again. Um, LeBron James having a 2020 game is at age 38 is simply remarkable in my opinion. Um, you know, people will say, oh, well, he's not putting up the points anymore, but you know, you could say the same thing about Russell Westbrook. Like maybe he's not putting up the points, but everything else, his smarts on the court, knowing where guys are at, knowing the Memphis plays at times is just such a benefit to that Lakers team. And having Austin Reeves with 23 last night as your running mate, like Anthony Davis had what 10 or I think he had 11 points or something like that. No. 
taking him out of the equation and still having a guy that can get you 20 plus points is really the X factor for this Lakers team because it, you know last year is LeBron or Anthony Davis and if one of them isn't doing good you're not going to win the game now it's okay they can kind of take days off and you'll have a guy like Rui or Austin Reeves go off for 20 plus points and that will get you the win and you we saw that in game one on the road you know, LeBron and AD didn't really, AD had a, a great defensive game, but they didn't play that well, but Austin Reeves took over. And that's the, the theme with this Laker team, which we saw a lot in 2020, right? I'm not going to compare the teams because there, there's a lot of comparison now that they're doing so well between the 2020 team and now. But, you know, with Austin Reeves as basically, sometimes he's the, the two guy. Sometimes yeah. he's the second guy next to LeBron. And I know Anthony Davis has been awesome, you know, defensively. This Laker team is dangerous, guys. They are scary. Do not let them beat the <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies because from there, they could beat the War. They beat the Warriors three times already this year, and yeah. the Kings. Kings are inexperienced. I, I hate to say it, they have a great basketball team, but even if the Kings advance, that rematch of the of the early two thousands matchup, Lakers Kings, we deserve that. I'm so sick and tired of the Warriors. By I the agree. Way. Yeah. And I mean, Fox, Fox, it's look. by the way, Fox, it's, he actually is, it's leaning toward, he's leaning toward playing with something okay. on his finger on game five. I think unlike Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, he knows the urgency, <laughs> urgency of this game and hurt. He's going to play because he's not soft like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George or the medical staff. By the way, biggest frauds of all time, the Ponzi scheme, it's run by the medical staff. I mean, arguably the worst, the worst has to be the worst medical staff in all of sports. I mean, you load manage these guys all year and then you, you hide injuries and then all of a sudden, well, the Celtics might be worse because of what they did to Isaiah Thomas, but uh, Grant, you had a question. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's, it's crazy. You bring that up. I know we're switching back to the Clippers, but the last remaining part of the Sterling era is Jason Powell, the head. The great. Grant, it's such a great point. Cause I was going to the locker room, uh, I think game three and I said, Jason, what's up? I just, yeah. I mean, old school Clippers. That is so fascinating. That's right. Yeah. So I just want to get that in Brandon. <laughs> by, the way, by the way, Jason Powell, amazing man, whatever. But I mean, listen, I mean, by the way, the Lakers fired, I don't want to say fired. They parted ways with some of their longtime trainers when they got guys who got hurt. Listen, Steve Ballmer, it's a blank check with him. So that is very interesting that um, that they are still, uh, you know, their head trainer is someone from, you know, the pre-Ballmer days. I mean, he's a Donald Sterling guy. So. And, re and, and really quick, it might not be just Powell. It's just like there's a culture thing. You're right, Arash. He needs to switch it. The Lakers, I mean, Davis played 56 games this year, right? I mean, that's more than we expected from him. So, I mean, they're doing a decent job with their trainers so far. Yeah, I mean, so... I just, I, you just hate to see it for the Clippers. I think Brandon and I are in the same boat where we're Laker fans. We're not Clippers fans. That being said, we want to see the Clippers do well. I think we, we're still pining for that day in the future where the Clippers and the Lakers meet each other in the postseason. It won't be this year, but uh, hopefully at some point down the line. Well, Grant, well, we have you back on. We'll, we'll, we'll see what, what is the latest with the Clippers. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Everybody got their own thing. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.